0: Only
1: redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. But here we go, and I'm tap dancing for the kids. What fresh
0: hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. You know what I love? Chocolate and clocks. With Margaret Apples and Amy Wilson. Daddy can
1: also get the juice. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas
0: so you don't have to.
1: This is going to be amazing! What are you talking about? No problems! Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this
0: is Margaret. And this week we are talking about making radical changes as a family. Radical, huh? Radical changes, Amy. <laughs> big changes. Radical, big changes, which we all maybe have made. I've, t- I've certainly made some radical changes in my day. As I reflect on this, I mean, it depends on what you mean. Big
1: changes, yes. Radical changes, no. But we're going to talk about like, sometimes you have to, and sometimes
0: you want to. Sometimes radical change... Is thrust upon you. Is visited upon (laughs) you. Yes, it's thrust upon you. I made a radical change with my family by moving us across country because I wanted to be closer to my family. I I count that as a radical change. Absolutely. I think a big move is a radical change. I think changing schools with your kids is a radical change. Or choosing to homeschool.
1: Choosing or, to homeschool
0: is a radical change. I think um, choosing a different uh, diet with your family, for whatever reason you have to do that, is a radical
1: change. Or, or selling your house and deciding to live in an RV for a year and, and homeschool your kids and travel around the country.
0: <laughs> yes. We're going to be talking to Jill Krause from JillKrause.com a little later, and uh, spoiler alert, we're going to get to that story in our midsection. section. But she made a super drastic change, which I think we can just lead off by saying we're not advocating that level of radical change. Although we're not advocating
1: not ever making that level of radical change. That's not something that has ever sort of blown through my hair. The idea like, what if we just like changed everything? But it does sort of get some people really excited.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting. It's a spectrum, right? Like people who long for like, newness, adventure and change. I have friends who just took four months off of life and like traveled the world with their kids and like, It's not appealing to me. Like I took seven days with my kids and we lived in an RV and we had a ball, but it was like a vacation. Like the idea of making a radical change is not exactly like, it's not in my DNA. You know what I mean? Me neither. But, but, so I looked into like, why do you, why do you want to do
1: this? Right. And what is, what is this thing that comes alive in you? And Mm -hmm. there's this guy, Carl Richards, he wrote an article for the New York Times on actually planning for a big life change. He said that life is uncertain by design, that you never exactly know where life will take you. And he said, if you doubt me, go back 10 years and ask yourself if you thought you'd be where you are now. And he he said, I doubt it looks exactly like what you planned. And I
0: will say, I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, because there was no such thing. There was no such thing. Oh my gosh, you're right. This is the old line, people plan, God laughs, right? Right. Like even people who think they're super good planners are going to be affected by radical change. Like you're not actually going to make a plan that you like walk along step by step by step and get from A to B. Not going to happen. There
1: are some people who are comfortable with the uncertainty of life and embrace that. And there are
0: people who sort of batten the hatches against it. I guess I'm maybe that. I think I'm in the middle of those two things. I like a leap here and there, but I'm not seeking like, guys, let's chuck it all and go live on a boat like that's I'm somewhere in the middle. You know what really surprised me about our conversation with Jill? She she
1: brought up something that it hadn't really occurred to me that sometimes people downsize, which, if you're cool, you call it right size. You right size your family. I'm I'm not cool because I've literally never heard that term in my life. Yeah, I I was looking, I was reading articles about downsizing, and and that can sound pejorative. It's actually right sizing. Most people that you read about who move into those, you know, those shows. Those like HGTV tiny house shows, then they live in like yeah. a shoebox. Like, yes, <laughs> I'm just going to live in this person's pocket now. And you know, they're all pretty sure that it's better that in the end it's right sizing. Do my kids need a hundred thousand toys? Do we need no. eleven thousand
0: books? You know, maybe not. Well, I often have the refrain that like I don't want to move, but I want to sell our house so I can get rid of all of the things. Like, I have a great personal call to right size, but I keep just throwing away all the things and then more things appear. (laughs) Like I can't seem to do it until we move. I don't want to live in like an elf house with the five of us, but I understand the appeal of it. I vastly understand the appeal of it. Well, what Jill was saying that I found so
1: interesting, you'll hear, is that she, that she some people that she met on this adventure, um, living in RVs with their family, did so for, for financial reasons that were actually really sound. It wasn't like, let's just throw the cards up in the air and be crazy. It was, let's get out of debt by selling our house and living this way for a year or two, and then figuring out what we want to do next. I always assumed that what we're calling radical change was for people who are just completely kooky and fun-loving and not like incredibly rational.
0: <laughs> They're just wild spirits. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. And like, oh, it, it can be a rational, wise, forward-thinking, life planning move to do something really differently for a, a little while.
0: Amy, this is a really good point And I haven't thought about it this way before. The thing is, I think a lot of us have the problem I feel like when I had kids, I was amazed. One of the things that really surprised me was my unbelievable, overwhelming, constant craving for like safety and sameness, like the panic door that opened by having children and being like heartbeats walking around outside my body. Like I'd always been a little bit like let's I was a performer as a younger person. And I was always like costumes in the barn, let's jump in the van, go drive around the country, put on the show like I, I really live like that for a long time. And I was very struck by how having kids was, I was like, nothing changes. If we just walk this very fine line, everybody will be okay. Like it caused a lot of anxiety in me. And and one of the ways I dealt with it was like, keep your head down, walk the line and like nothing will ever go wrong. And I think that that can create a problem of like, okay, your kid's having a problem in school and might really need a reset and a change, but change feels so huge and scary when you have kids. So like you may miss opportunities to like, change for the better. If you're like me and you're like, keep your head down, do not make eye contact, keep going along the path, everything will be fine.
1: Well, and of course, kids like their sandwich on the same plate and the same episode of Doc McStuffins in the same blankie uh rolled up in the same, like my 11 year old daughter still has a blankie. <gasps> Should I be saying that? Guys, pretend you didn't hear that. But she does something with her lovey every night before bed. Like it has to be arranged in a certain way before sleep every night. This is somebody right. who who craves familiarity. And of course, kids do, right? Like s- sameness is
0: safeness to children. Right. And- There's a reason all of our kids have like a bear that has like an arm that's falling off and stuff. It's like There really is that it's a, what do they call it? They call that thing like a comfort animal or something, you know, like there's a term for that lovey that's like, it's their touchstone. Yeah. And so, and so our lives, our house,
1: that's never quite been right. And and our job that we don't love can also become a touchstone for us, I think, and, and change is scary. So I'm going to embrace what has just become
0: my default life choice. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing of like the John Lennon thing of like life is what happens to you when you're busy making other plans. Like when you have kids, you kind of get locked in stuff and the years just go flying by as you're like, there's no time to like take care of myself. There's no time to exercise. There's no time to read. There's no time to fill in whatever blank. And then you become a person who's gone three years without reading a book. And like that, that (laughs) I find that like, life just rushes by and you don't even realize the rut you're in. And it it just starts moving fast. And I think radical change can disrupt that in a way that seems to me really positive and interesting. And then, of course,
1: there's the times when your spouse's job transfers all of you across the country, right? I mean, and especially in New York City, we see families move in and move out all the time. I mean, I think New York City is sort of a transient place by design. My kids lose really good friends every year to Singapore or, you know, Connecticut, which is the same difference really in terms of how often you're going to see each other anymore. Right. Um, and for some people, it's like our friends from Australia moved back to Australia. But we see this played out all the time. But it's it's been hard for my kids to say goodbye to their friends. We, we have friends who they just moved to Switzerland last year with at the beginning of this school year, sorry, with their two daughters, one of whom is in my daughter's class, and they're going to attend a school there and speak Swiss German. These kids didn't Mm. speak a word of Swiss German. And off they went. And I was sort of like, what? Anyway, this kid just v- came to visit last week. And my daughter came home and told me, I'm like, how she like it? How she like Switzerland? She likes it. It's fine. Like, it was, I-, I was more concerned for these kids probably than their own parents were. Like, I was like, how can you make a kid go to school where they don't even speak the language that's being instructed? And, of course, kids
0: are like, kids are really like play You really yeah. see that. There's a kid in my uh, kid's school who's new, doesn't speak a word of the language, and I remember uh, I, I go into the classroom for something weekly, and I remember just being so worried, like, oh, this is seems so scary and hard, and this kid seems shy and scared. And three weeks later, you know, they're in the mix. They're doing their thing. Like, kids can adapt. They're adaptable. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you get the kids on board for a big change? Let's talk about it.
1: Because it's usually not there. Idea, you know, like you don't, they don't usually get a vote on whether you're moving to Switzerland or not.
0: No. And if they do, I mean, I think you need to re examine what's going on at home. If your kid is allowed <laughs> to just walk down and be like, let's move to Switzerland, and everyone says yes.
1: In our house, <laughs> Jasmine just points to a map and we move there. There you go. So, healthychildren.org has some ideas about helping your children plan for a big change, which is often moving. Um, it says, give your child adequate notice
0: to get used to the idea. Even a year in advance might be appropriate. This is always my dilemma, I feel like, healthychildren.org. Respect. And like, I understand with big choices, but I do feel like there's always this dilemma of like, break it to the kid early or spring it on the kid. Like, both of (laughs) them have highs and lows. Like, even with the shots at the doctor, I'm like, do we just say we're going for ice cream and the next thing they're getting stabbed with a needle? Or do I just like break it to them three days early and then listen to them cry about it for three full days? I don't know. Well, you were just
1: saying, you are thinking about taking your kids to Disney World later this year. And one of your kids is already like, oh, Disney
0: World. Like, I might like it, but it might be problematic. Right. (laughs) This kid will love Disney World. But he is the kid who, like, you're like, I think I'm going to coat the entire house in a fine layer of candy. He'll be like, I'm not sure about the plan. Like, he's just a worrier. And so, like... For him, I don't know that I would introduce the idea of moving far away a year early. I'm not sure that's how I would run it with him. I kind of agree. That depends on the kid. And you've got three kids. So you can't tell two of them you're moving and tell the other no. one you're not. <laughs> it's
1: a problem. No, not I mean, not to keep telling the story of my, my friends who moved to Switzerland, but their daughter knew for a while. I mean, they, they, they told us and they said the, the girls knew. They were, you know, they were upset about it. They were wrapping their heads around it and they very much didn't want to tell their friends yet. They wanted to finish the school year as just another kid at the school and then have it sort of trickle out. They were leaving. That's how the kid wanted to handle it. And so that's how they let their daughter handle it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you got to play this the way that makes most sense for you. Peaceful parent. Do you want to hear what peaceful parent has to say about this? Okay. Because healthychildren.org, I love you, but they didn't help me that much with their advice. This is easier to love. And it makes me think of the Disney World example. When children are going through big
1: changes, you can help them by making the process of change as incremental as possible. This seems like better advice to me, guys. This seems like much better advice. Help them familiarize with the new before it happens by visits, chats, books, stories, YouTube clips are some examples that they give.
0: Yeah. So you're like, this reminds me of like a very, very old joke that we tell all the time in our family, which I'm going to try to tell the very, very short version of where the kids like calls home from college and he's like, how's the cat doing? And the mom's like, oh, the cat died yesterday. And he's like, mom, you got to like ramp me up to it. You got to just be like, oh, the cat's playing in the backyard. The cat's (laughs) climbed a tree. The cat jumped over to the roof. Blah, 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 blah. And then you say like, oh, no, the cat had an accident died. And so then the guy calls later and he's like, how's dad doing? And the mom's like, oh, dad's out playing in the backyard. He's climbing a tree. (laughs) And uh, so it is kind of so we have like that joke all the time in my family. We're like, how's blah, blah, blah doing? It's like, oh, he's out playing in the backyard. Like, we're going to break it to you easily that this is happening. But it is, I think, actually good advice that like this is how I would play with my kids, like. Incremental information versus like surprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and let them plan a little bit. Like we're just, we're planning a vacation this summer and we're trying to decide where to go. And my worrier is very worried about whether or not we're going to pick the right place to go on vacation. And so my response to that is to just include that person in the level. Let's look at, let's look at some stuff together. Let's look at some brochures. Let's look at this catalog. Let's decide what, what looks like it might be good. And you know, yeah, let them, let them put their foot in the
0: water before you, uh, cast off for sure is unknown. And FYI, you can totally fake this. You can totally lead your horse to the right water. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can be like, we could go anywhere in the world. Uh, but let's think about how what a great language German Swiss is. You know what I mean? Like you can lead them <laughs> to where you need to get. <laughs> yeah. But you can also make them think that some of that is there. You know, you could be like, you know what? I love chocolate and clocks. <laughs> like whatever it is, like lead them to Switzerland. But you can make them think that they're having a little bit more say in it than they actually are.
1: Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, I think this is a good time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Jill Krause, who made crazy radical changes with her family and has lived to tell the tale. And she'll tell us more about it. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak proof skin protection and up to 0% skin
0: irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex.
1: Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin.
0: We are so excited to have Jill Krause with us, who blogged at babyrabies.com, an internationally published and award-winning blog for nearly 12 years, before pivoting to jillkrause.com in an effort to shake off the mommy blogger label and step into life after newborns. A mom of four, Krause is currently living with her husband and kids in an RV in Central Texas. After completing a, listen to it, 14-month tour of the U.S. Cross's first published book, 50 Things to Do Before You Deliver, the first time Mom's Pregnancy Guide, was released in 2018, along with her 1st ebook, Picture Play. Jill, we are so excited to have you with us.
2: I am really excited. We
0: know a lot about you after that bio, Jill Cross. I know.
2: I feel a little crazy. We I...
0: might just be able to wrap now and be like, okay, great.
2: Good, <laughs> good talk. Good talk. That's truly all you need to know about me.
0: So, Jill, we're talking today about taking big leaps with your family. Last summer, our listeners know that I took a giant leap with my family by living in an RV with my father-in-law and my kids for seven days. And you took a bigger leap than that. Tell us about it.
2: Just a little bit bigger.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It was a similar leap of a very different duration.
2: Yeah, we lived outside of Dallas for about 10 years in this house that my husband and I both were like, that that's the American dream. This is what we're working for. And after a couple years, we were like, this American dream sucks. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's <laughs> not the dream. We were dreaming somehow. No. And, you know, it was just kind of a lot of things that came together. Our son was struggling a little bit at school. We were kind of feeling all disconnected as a family. We wanted to, like, move out of Dallas anyway. And so I just thought. I don't know. Like, let's just light everything on fire. <laughs> let's just like sell this house and get an RV and go see the country and then decide like after a year, what's next for us? You have how many kids? We have four. How old is your
0: youngest kid when you
2: start this adventure? Guys, brace yourself. So when we launched, he had turned a year old like a couple weeks before that. and He had been walking for like three weeks before we left six of you in an RV and you're like, this
0: is our new home. You have, you're have, you like, literally, I said when we rented an RV, it's like, you're the turtle with the shell. And the good thing about the turtle shell is like everything you have goes with you everywhere. So you can never like forget your shoes or your sweatshirt because you could just go back home because
2: it's in the parking lot. But also everything you own as a family is in there with you. Yeah, it's, You know what, though? We're so spoiled by it now because when we have to pack to go somewhere, we're like, oh, my gosh, this is awful. Can we just take the RV? Uh, It's like easier to just park it in a parking lot and spend the night in the parking lot than to have to pack suitcases. So that part was actually pretty rad. But, you know, we definitely had to downsize. Right. We had to, like, really limit the amount of toys the kids could bring. That part sounds heavenly to me Like I would move into an RV just to get
0: rid of all of our stuff
2: It was pretty delightful And you know what, what was one of the really coolest parts Of downsizing In the house Is we got to fully furnish A one bedroom apartment for a victim Of domestic violence who left her Partner and started over with nothing And that's, we were able to Like all this stuff that would have just sat in storage And been useless to us Just literally changed this person's life Yeah, that's amazing yeah, so we got to load up this flatbed trailer with our kids, and uh, her church came out and got everything, and it was just such a great lesson to show our kids that like your stuff can mean so much more to other people. So when we're talking about making big changes,
0: and what, why, why make a big change as a family? I mean, I've done it as well, so I'm team big change, but I want to hear your
2: perspective. I think for us, my husband and I are both problem solvers, and. It was kind of like at the point when we decided to make this change, there were not and it's not like we were on the brink of divorce or anything, but we were just we were stressed and struggling and our child was struggling in school. There was just a lot of problems we were trying to solve. And so not that this change was going to solve any of that but it was going to give us time to reset so that's the thing here is like we really just looked at this this year plus break from reality honestly as just a way for our family to reset our priorities and kind of just get to know each other a little bit better because it started to feel like as we got more and more into this like suburban routine and childhood like school routine and baseball routine and all this other stuff that we were just losing touch we were becoming like ships passing in the night and our kiddo was only like eight our oldest mm-hmm. and we were like gosh it's only going to get worse from here so we need to pause and we need to reset and kind of like touch base with each other and then figure out what what are our priorities as a family
0: it's really interesting because one of the things that comes up i feel like again and again for us is we have parenting discussions is the idea of like my, it's my aunt Terry's phrase, but she says, wherever you go, your head goes with you. So like, be careful of solving problems with location, you know, like be careful of being like, I'll be happier when I, you know, get there. I'll be happier when my kid gets into this school, like, which I think is generally good advice, but there's something about what you did that hits on something really different from that. And I want to like point to that separation of ideas. So You weren't saying like, we're going to get in an RV because it's going to make us all happy and make us all get along. You were saying we're going to take a really hard, strong reset.
2: Right. Exactly. You know, I said along the way people would be like, so how is life? And I was like, it's basically the same, just with better views. You know, like Mm -hmm. we just we're still arguing. Our kids aren't getting along. You know, our son still hates school. Um, but the views are better and we're doing cooler things. Um, but also another big spark for us in wanting to do this was my husband and I both grew up in families that didn't have a whole lot of resources, a whole lot of money. And then we got to this place that we worked so hard to get to. And we just found ourselves, you know, our kids just lived such a, you know, an entitled blessed life you know which is fantastic that's a great place to be but then us being like but you guys don't understand what it's like to like work hard and to struggle and and this is a very privileged point to be able to, to make but like it was like it was almost like some forced hardship on mm-hmm. them which I think hopefully will just better shape the people they will become. And having done it with my family, albeit
0: for seven days instead of 14 months. One of the big positives I found is it is like, have you ever seen the um, meme? I mean, it's kind of old, but it it's the get along shirt. Like it's two yes. kids and they're wearing the get along <laughs> shirt. The RV is basically a get along shirt. Like you really can't afford to get in a physical or mental altercation with another person when you have to live 10 feet away from them. 100%
2: I mean and here's the thing Our kids still fight but They're at the end of the day they're each other's best Friends they have to be And they don't seem upset by that You know some people would be like oh my gosh It's I mean people would literally say Like what we did was child abuse Like those were words people (laughs) literally Said to me and I was like wow I feel like You should um, learn More about the world right but um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot going on Out there yeah Yeah But, you know, they, yeah, like, were they happy to say goodbye to their friends? No. But they had each other. I mean, there's four of them. (laughs) They weren't lonely. And they're all pretty close in age. And they had bikes. And they had toys. And, um Yeah, they just became each other's best playmates. I want to
0: talk to you about another major RV observation and revelation that I shared with our uh, listeners and see if you had the same experience. And I'm really crossing my fingers that you did. We were thinking that when we went to the RV parks, like the places that we actually were staying overnight, that it would be a lot of like people in their RVs watching TV. And... We found when we were traveling that, like, no one watched TV. Like, there wasn't a lot. I don't know if they didn't get signals or whatever. It was, like, such a pop-up community. Like, people were playing with each other. And then there was the big activity of the RV park was pensive staring. Like, people (laughs) would just, like, grab a chair and stare into the vistas. (laughs) And I was like, this lifestyle, like, someone needs to write, like, a self-help book about, like, What I discovered while pensively staring at the RV park. I have never in my life sat pensively staring before. And I did it for seven straight days. And it, it was a life changer.
2: So I talk about this on the blog, our blog and YouTube channel a little bit about RV reality versus RV fantasy. And I think that when you do like a short term stay like that, it's it's easier to live in the RV fantasy world. Probably. And then when you do the long term stuff like we did, we were kind of we thought we would go on this trip and it would be a lot of disconnecting from technology and a lot of pensive staring into nature. Okay. Although we really can't afford to pensively stare because we have a two year old who will run off. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. No, that's not a good two year olds and pensive steering is not a good combination. It's not a good combo. No. So, you know, we did disconnect from a lot of technology, but also this was our life. So we would, we definitely still watched TV. Okay. <laughs> uh, we actually, our kids became really like into movies on the trip. And it's kind of like one of my favorite memories from this is like, We would just all pile into the living room for like movie night every night. And our kids will like, I mean, honestly, they watched pretty inappropriate movies. Like our kids will quote (laughs) Happy Gilmore now, which is there is nothing wrong with that. This podcast supports that. (laughs) I do not have a problem with that. But, But, you know, there was definitely like community and disconnecting. And really, I mean, especially it depends. Some of the RV parks you stay at are like just like giant parking lots. And those we were like, okay, movie night. But the what, you know, when you're at Yosemite or you know, you're near like an incredible field of corn right. or something, It's you, there's beautiful stuff to look at. When there's
0: corn, you
2: pensively the stare. Absolutely. Just, they go together, 100%.
0: corn and pensive staring. <laughs> and I will say like, I'm even making it sound like the fake book version where I'm like, we sat as a family and pensively stared all night. Like there were also video arcades that my kids would like run off to. It was <laughs> not that we only did pensive staring, but I just found slowing down life yes. really helpful. And even the movie night thing, in our house, it would have been like, right, this one's on their screen in the bedroom and this one's here. It's like that forced time where you're like piling on together, like you're, there's togetherness. Yes,
2: yes, exactly. Yeah, there. and there was a lot of like, I mean, we were together all the time, right? Whereas in our house, there were like five bedrooms and a game room and a media room. You Half the time, you couldn't even find the baby. That's right. You know, <laughs> You're like, I think we had a baby. Right, I, don't, I haven't hopefully, seen him in a day. Hopefully he'll crawl yeah. out of something soon. Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm amazing. My kids are 10, 8, and 6. And I constantly say to my husband, like, I went for an hour today without seeing the kids at all. Which, by the way, is fantastic. <laughs> but it's nice to have the opportunity to be yeah. like, we're actually going to kind of be forced to work. It's kind of like foxhole life. Like, we're going to be forced to work together whether or not we want to.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it was very much like a team sport. So what are some of the downsides of like making this kind of a radical change as a family? Financially, for us to make it work, we had to keep working. I mean, some people, they really they put aside a nest egg and they live off of that or they make a ton of money off the sale of their home and they're able, able to go for a year. That was not really the issue. So or that wasn't really our reality. So, I had to maintain working full time from the road while we were gone. And then my husband left his job, his stable job, which gave us a bi weekly paycheck and health insurance. And that was a really challenging thing for us. Also, that like dynamic to where now he was the one homeschooling the kids and making dinner. And, and also, like, RV maintenance could be an entire full time job when you're living on the road. And um, I was like, you know, trying to put in a 40 hour work week in an RV with, you know, there's no, I don't have an office. And then we'd like, don't always have a reliable internet connection. So like, you know, I couldn't record this podcast with you guys until we like got here to the hotel, right? Because I can't really do this kind of thing in the RV. So I would say like the work life balance portion of it was by far the hardest. I think it's really interesting. And I think as
0: like a because
2: I'm assuming
0: that probably 0.00% of our audience is going to sell their house and move into an RV with their kids for four, for 14 months. Like that's not the takeaway. But I think it is a really interesting takeaway that whenever you radically change the environment or dynamic of your family, you have to think about like, there's a reason why your machine works. Right. And if you put the parts of your machine in a different order, your machine is going going to work differently and it may not work as well and it's possible it won't work at all so it doesn't mean don't do it but it's like you can't suddenly just be like let's move into an rv and let's i work and you don't and it's fine to make radical changes but
2: those changes
0: are radical for a reason
2: exactly yeah and there were still great things that came out of that right like my kids got to see mom hustle They got to see me be the breadwinner. Dad would go away to work. They never saw him work. And it's not like my husband didn't work on the road. He worked incredibly hard. They got to be homeschooled by him. So, yes, but also, like, it was challenging. It was, for sure, like, completely restacking those blocks.
0: And I also think it's there are takeaways in this for people. Some choose radical change, and some have radical change thrust upon them. You know? And so... Often, I think probably more often people have radical change thrust upon them. So it's kind of a a topic that I think is interesting because like sometimes your dynamic just sometimes dad loses his job. Sometimes, you know, somebody leaves the family. Like it's interesting to think about what happens when radical change occurs, whether or not you choose it or it comes to you.
2: Yeah, it was a really great opportunity too for my husband and I to team up and really talk to the kids about, well, this is this is what's different now. You know, like you can't bother mom right now because mom's working, but daddy can definitely get you some juice, you know, like and and just like trying to explain to them that that situation can be dynamic. Maybe in a couple of years, you know, daddy's the the full time employee, you know, employed person and I'm I'm not. But then maybe we switch it up again and we go to Europe. Who knows? My dad was in the Navy. I was a military brat. And so there was a lot of forced dynamic change. There was a lot of moving. Right. It's a great example. And I 100% feel like it made me a better person. I mean, I guess I don't know who I would be without that. But those experiences shaped who I am today. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm great. Even at the time when I would cry about moving. That's why like when our our kids were sad to leave their friends. And I was like, I totally empathize with you. But also, I know it's going to be good for you.
0: Yeah. And also, like, we're doing this and get used to it. And that's a good experience, too. I feel like if people take nothing else from this interview, they should take away the concept daddy can also get the juice. Oh, please. You do not have to move into an RV for 14 months with your children to have that realization, but take that as Jill Krause's gift to you daddy can also. Get you juice. We need to have it cross-stitched, honestly. I mean, I think we're always like T-shirt idea. Daddy can also get you juice. Is definitely a T-shirt idea. All right, Jill. Where can we find you now? You're back. You're you're kind of wrapping up in the RV, right? Yes. I mean, not where can we find you? We don't want to come over to your house.
2: <laughs> well, we can always get away from you That's because true. our house is you on wheels. You can drive away from us if we try to come find you. So I had blogged at Baby Rabies for um, almost twelve years, just about my journey through motherhood and you know, pregnancy four times and all that jazz. But um, I'm not having any more babies. I don't think I hope, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just blogging at Jill Krauss.com now. And are you going to move out of the RV? We are. Yeah. So my husband is applying for jobs and just. He's like in the final round of interviews. And as soon as we have something solid on paper, we'll probably get into a rental house for a little bit and then figure out next steps and sell the RV. So if you are in the market. Guys, this is your chance. If you
0: have been so inspired by this interview that you want to move your family of six into an RV, first of all, seek counseling. And second (laughs) of all, go to JillCross.com and send her an email and tell her you want to buy her RV. All right, Jill, thanks so much for coming on. We really enjoyed talking to you.
1: Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps
0: you manage your metabolic health. Different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is L U M E N dot M
1: E, lumen.me, and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off.
0: Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode.
3: Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.
0: And now, spoiler alerts on how some of your radical life changes are going to turn out. From the Wet Fresh Health Podcast. I'm going to do a month-long juice cleanse to completely reset my digestive system. You are going to do a day-long juice cleanse. You will spend that day in misery, shouting at all of your
1: loved ones and regretting having ever been born. Around 7 p.m., you're going to pass a taco stand, and your juice cleanse will come to a crashing end.
0: I'm going to stop yelling at my kids. Never again! Spoiler alert, you are definitely not
1: going to stop yelling at your kids. Maybe start smaller, like try not yelling at your kids for
0: 45 minutes a day. You know what, maybe start with
1: 20 minutes a day.
0: I'm going to shake things up. I think I should cut bangs. At this point in your existence,
1: you should have created a file on your phone titled, Pictures of Me, every time I thought it would be a good idea to change things up by cutting bangs. Consult that file and realize this is not the solution you are looking for. This house is a mess.
0: I'm going to Marie Kondo the whole thing and get a fresh start.
1: Okay, here's how this one turns out You will empty everything out of your closets And then immediately lose interest in the process and give up This will result in a house that is three times
0: messier than when you started Ignore this instinct at all costs I'm done I'm totally done We're going to sell the house We're going to move to the Florida Keys and start a seafood shack I'll homeschool the kids on the beach It will be magical No, Mom, it will
1: not be magical It will be a nightmare of unknowable proportions Just listen to me This was just a bad Tuesday. Just try to get some rest, watch some reality TV, and I promise you, you will feel better tomorrow. And you will not be trying to educate sandy children while running a small business you know nothing about in a hurricane-prone location.
0: Trust me on this one. This has been spoiler alerts on how some of your radical life changes are going to turn out. From the What Fresh Hell Podcast. Okay, we're back. Amy, I don't think I'm moving my family into an R V at any point soon. No, but I
1: really liked the idea of how I guess the, the biggest thing I learned from that interview was that you took your family with you. Your family became more your family. You you sort of
0: learn who you really are by being somewhere different together. I agree. And I also think that the takeaway from this is that although it is the topic of our episode, it is not really about radical change. It is about the idea of like what you can take from Jill's story is not like let's all move into an RV for 14 months with a two year old and homeschool. But is, are there changes that you can make in your family that will change the dynamic for you in a positive way? Like the, the thing she was saying, like her husband had to take over the homeschooling. Like, are there jobs that your husband could take over in your day to day that would improve his relationship with your kids and make your life a little easier? I bet there are. And that doesn't involve like parachuting out of a plane.
1: Yeah. Would my spouse's relationship with our kids change if we did things completely differently and bought a goat farm? They definitely would because we... (laughs) But I would not
0: recommend that for you. Right.
1: I don't see you on a goat farm. I guess the change is the point. Right. Like like it occurs to me thinking about this, that you can help your kids and we should talk a little bit more about like how to how to make this easier on them, especially when it's not up to them and not something that everybody's super excited about but the change the discomfort is the point the discomfort is the is the reason you're doing it and is is the learning opportunity you see what i'm saying like if it was a completely smooth transition then it's not worth doing it the disruption then the seeing what happens next is the point
0: yeah there's a, a many different ways to put out a fire and one of the ways you put out a fire like uh, i was watching this documentary about capping oil well fires and one of the ways you put out the fire Is it like you put a tube on top of the fire and then you lean the tube over and it breaks? All you have to do is break the source of the fire with the fire for one second and the fire goes out. And so like they use dynamite sometimes to like blow the fire off of the source. Like it's just about disrupting the source of the fire. And that metaphor like really stays with me. Like, what are the sources of fire that we could disrupt? And if it's me and one of my kids who are constantly like for whatever reason, like having terrible trouble in the morning, like and we're just constantly at each other's throats. Maybe the disruption is not moving to a goat farm. Maybe the disruption is just dad is going to take over interacting with you for a little while and give us a break and see if that resets us in some profound way. And I find that to be a very useful model for how to fix things in the family.
1: Mary Laura Philpott is a friend of ours and her book has just come out. It's called I Miss You When I Blank. Guys, it's a really great book. And it's really good. It's about considering and making big life changes. And it's also about mm, it's about her deciding I'm not going to sort of eat, pray, love myself, I'm going to make this sort of medium change and how she comes to that decision. Anyway, it's funny. It's it's a meaningful book. But she says, I love this quote, I don't have to love my life 100% or burn my whole life down. There are more options than just those two. And I needed that because when I hear big changes, it's like mm, homeschool in an RV or just keep doing everything exactly the same. Those are my options. And that's not true.
0: And also back to one, back to one, back to one, like you can always reset again, like Moving to the RV did not solve Jill Krause's life. It reset and it reminded them of like different options and then they'll go back to their life and they'll have to go back and find that again, you know, and probably not by moving back into an RV. Like, I feel like uh, we just did the screen free episode and for us going screen free for a week was a major life reset. And now we're a couple of weeks out from it and I see us kind of falling back into Old habits, and like we might have to do it again, and that was a real radical change for us. Let's get rid of screens, but we were not, as my son kept claiming, becoming Amish. Like we're not, we didn't actually transform our entire family. We just stopped watching screens for one week. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, it was a big change. Big changes don't have to be
1: permanent either. It occurs to me yeah. as you're saying that that was a big change, and it was a short big change, and it was doesn't make it unintense. It was intense while it was happening.
0: Yeah, and it was. Positive, and maybe some of it was a little bit negative. But one thing I found with both I mean, our RV was seven weeks, our screen free week was seven weeks. I guess I'm radical change for short periods. I'm going to write a new book, Radical Change in Short Time Spans. <laughs> but you know, I noticed a lot of things. And one of the things I always notice about those kind of changes is like taking something big out of the mix, or like the RV is like forcing people together it forces my kids to figure out their relationship more. And that's something that's important to me. Like, figure out your relationship. I'm not the center of your relationship. You guys have a relationship that's independent of me. And so that's something I kind of mark down as like one of the back-to-one things I want to keep in. Like, hey, maybe when we go up to the lake this summer, we don't bring any screens, and that's going to force them, like, what's the game? Who's in charge of the game? Who's, if there's fighting, who's figuring it out? Like, that has so much value for me, and that's like a radical change... Thing that I want to keep going back to? Like, what can I... Judge a little bit in life to keep forcing the kids into situations where they have to figure out their relationship for themselves. Um, it's the kind of places where you can question your assumptions. Like before screen free week,
1: you had definitely had this assumption like, I need, we need them. We need them to keep the peace in the house. We need them to sort of be happy and to relax. Like there's something I'm not willing to let go of. And now you're questioning that assumption. Yeah. And for me, there's definitely an assumption in my house still in 2019 like, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? It's, it's always me. And I am, <laughs> I'm not good at it. I don't enjoy it. Right. Even, even with like the meal kit help, it's still on me. And I'm sitting here like, gosh, how can we do a big change around that? Like question the mm-hmm. assumption that mom's in charge of what's in the refrigerator and what's for dinner and, and everybody else just like sort of sits down. Like, like, I could make a big change around that, but I have to think <laughs> i mostly focused on it not being me, but what's the, how can I address that? I can start by addressing the assumption, I guess, that this is how it has to be.
0: Yeah. And I think if you're, we talk about calluses and like, I do not think it's a good idea to put your kid in like radically dangerous, unsettling circumstances all the time. Like kids who grow up without any certainty in you know dysfunctional or damaged families or environments tend to have a lot of negative outcomes from that kind of complete lack of certainty mm-hmm. but there is a flip side of too much certainty like, I worry much more for my kids about the thing of like their ability to be resilient in the face of things that they have to encounter later on when everything in their environment is like, here's the buddy bench to sit on if you need a friend, and here's the teacher to go to if anyone says anything mean to you, and here's the mom who like provides all the meals and makes sure everything's taken care of. And like, those things are all positive things. But I do think that my kids, I Worry about their lack of resilience. Like they don't face a ton of angst day to day. You don't want to start facing those things for the first time in your 20s. It doesn't work out well. Mm -hmm. And so, is there a way to layer in a little bit more? need for actual resilience without putting your kids in the kind of danger that is going to have lasting negative impact. And that's kind of the balance. I think you want to be as far out on that as you can without it being like, well, I'm just going to let the kids be in bad situations, which obviously you don't want. I think you're right. You can and should focus on the
1: benefits in terms of your kids' resilience of a big change, especially when it's like, oh my gosh, we don't know anybody in Vancouver. I don't feel good about this either. I'm selling it hard to my 10 uh, year old who's crying every day, and I don't really want to move to Vancouver either. Sorry, Vancouver. I've never even been to Vancouver. I hear it's beautiful <laughs> Amy, there.
0: really coming out hard against Vancouver today. <laughs> Just don't go to Vancouver. It's gorgeous there, by the way. That, I think that's. Harder, and that's something we haven't really talked about yet, right? Is
1: is what happens when you don't really w- want to be making this big change either? But here we go, and I'm tap dancing for the kids. It is important to remember that the stress of the change, that the growing up that's going to have to happen, the things that you can't predict, the learning of Swiss German, these are going to make your kid better off in ways that you don't know yet because
0: it hasn't happened yet. For sure, and without them, like you got problems. Like the origin story is never like, and then mom took care. Of all the problems, and I walked in the room. Like, right. that's not the superhero's origin story, you know? You're right. And it doesn't mean you want the kind of radical change of like your parents are killed in the alley and then you become Batman. Like, you don't want to go all that way, but it's okay for kids to face some kinds of problems. Healthy Children says if you, you know. Oh, I had beef with them. Earlier, I know. Amy, so this better be good. <laughs>
1: they say if you. Again, this is like a, maybe if you are expressing anxiety or stress about you, this upcoming move, change, downsize, whatever. It's okay to be open about that. But it's also important to remember that your anxiety can rub off on your child. So I think it's okay to say, you know, I'm feeling stressed about this, as long as you're modeling healthy stress about it, not unhealthy stress about it, because that's definitely going to rub off on your kids.
0: I think it's more than okay. I think it's a really good idea. And I mean, I remember, like I lost a job once and I came home and I was upset and at dinner we always sort of like say, how was your day? How was your day? And I was like, I lost my job today and I'm really upset about it. And I remember my nervous kid at night was like crying and being like oh my god i'm so worried about you you lost your job and like it was very very scary for him and i was able to sit with him and say like it's going to be okay but i am upset about it and i think modeling like again there's a fine line here or there's a spectrum here that like your kid should not become the receptacle of your problems and your kid should never be the solver of adult problems like that's no good Yes. But keeping up a front where you think you're doing your kids a favor by protecting them from every bit of pain, angst and anxiety is maybe equally bad as the other side of the spectrum.
1: Right. We'll make them feel like they can't express their own stress, concerns, sadness,
0: anxiety because. And that people are just fundamentally incapable of facing sadness, stress and anxiety because they're too hard.
1: And of course, stress of change can manifest in different ways for kids, right? You might have, as your move or downsize approaches, you can have a kid who regresses, becomes more clingy, maybe he's getting in more fights at school, and I think we have to allow for a little more space for those things, not tolerate anything, but understand that it's the iceberg, right? And the behavior is on top, and the the many, many feelings are underneath.
0: Yeah, and like certainly allowing your kid to express their anxiety. I just had this example. I went away for the first time in a long time. My husband and I went overseas without our kids on a vacation. And my oldest was like, I'm worried. And I was like, that's okay. Talk to me about your worries. Just, Let's talk about them. And he's like, I'm worried your plane's going to crash down in the ocean. And I'm like, "Okay, now I'm worried about that, too. Okay. And he's like, I'm worried that someone's going to walk in, you know, just listing basically like every horrible thing that might happen on our overseas vacation. And I was like, thanks a lot, kid. Like now I'm terrified to go. But I do think it's important to like let kids give voice to like, you know, I have that little bit of like magical thinking thing that is like, don't say the bad thing or it might come true. Like that Irish superstition thing, but like let kids give voice to like, I'm afraid no one will like me there. I'm afraid it's going to be scary there. I'm afraid the plane's going to crash on the way there. Like, let them give voice to the scary things without you just immediately being like, nonsense, won't happen. Don't worry right. about it. Like, I, I'm like, that. W- that is a really scary thought that I'm going to be on a plane and something bad could happen to the plane. That is frightening, but you know, we ride planes all the time and they're safe, but don't try not to skip the part where it's like that, you know, that's a ridiculous fear and worry. My oldest,
1: when he was about, I think he was only about eight, he was invited to go away for the weekend with a friend from school and, you know, stay out of town with them for the weekend. And he was just really stressing this major life decision for himself, really stressing. And and what finally got him to get in the car with them is he he was crying and he said, like, but what if I miss you? And I said, you can miss me and have a good time. Both things can happen. And then he was like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, I'll go yeah. like that. So I think
0: that's it. That's the thing that happens when you yeah. let them give voice to it. Both things can happen. You can be scared right. and have a great time with Nana and mom and dad right. will have a great time too. Those things can all happen at the same time. They're not either or. That's such a good point. You can miss your friends from your old
1: school and you can actually love Switzerland. Like, both things will probably happen. And so then you see what happens. I think yeah, that's much better for your kids than clamping down on
0: this is going to be amazing. What are you talking about? No problems. Right. We'll see through that. Agree. Amy, I feel like we solved this one. Okay. With absolutely no help from healthychildren.org, by the way. Not to bust <laughs> on them, but come on, people. Well, healthychildren.org and peacefulparent.com. Yeah. I mean, if you're making a radical change, prep it well, give kids a voice. And if there's something that needs to change in your house, figure out how to change it radically without making a radical change. How about that point, Amy? And don't wait until
1: you are uh, can make this change without any fear or uh, concern because that's
0: why you're doing it. Right. That's like when people tell me they're they're waiting to have kids until they're ready. I'm like, oh, right. enjoy the kids that come. Never. <laughs> right. You're not right. going to be ready. Sometimes you just got to take the leap. We want to thank Jill Krause for talking to us. You can find her at JillKrause.com. And we want to talk to you more about this on our Facebook page. So come find us at Facebook.com forward slash WhatFreshHellCast and you can join our Facebook group where everyone, all of our listeners are chatting with each other and it's so much fun. We're also on Instagram at Hellcast and Twitter at
1: WFH Podcast. And you can always find us on our website, WhatFreshHellPodcast.com.
0: Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.